We've arrived. Yes. <laughs> Episode 87. We can get off the mopeds and relax for just a little bit and take a look around at this beautiful space we're in. That is psychedelic, the background you've chosen. Yes. If you could only see the half of it. I can only see the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> is that like tripping with one eye closed? Yeah. <laughs> Falling. You know, if you walk around with one eye closed, you probably trip a lot more. Maybe. Ask the one eyed person. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw. Yeah. So we've got guests coming up soon, but for today, it's Greg and I as we just continue our journey into 2023, whole hog, as it were. Yeah. Um, Greg's recovering nicely. He's almost completely over being sick and I'm doing really well. I got uh, sick this week, but you did get sick. Yeah, I got a cough, but it's good. And I went for a bike ride yesterday and I, I'm so glad I did the, now that rainy season has passed, I'm starting to get back in the groove. It's supposed to rain yesterday. Well, I'm glad it didn't cause I was out riding my bike. All right. Very good. I would have gotten wet. That opens up a whole plethora of doors of conversation. Yeah, no doors barred. Um, You know, one of the things I have been missing with this fucking illness is working out. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and my appetite has been affected by whatever this is. And I don't have COVID for sure. I went and. It's just a weird flu. Well, yeah, it is a weird flu, and it does kind of bring up to me the fact that COVID came out and had all this drama involved with it, you know, and all these symptoms of COVID. Well, this illness that I've had for two weeks now has a lot of those symptoms, fatigue, aching, lack of appetite, my taste has changed. So it kind of um, brought to my mind humanity's propensity to dramatize elements of life. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If it was tested, if I tested positive of COVID, that would have a whole set of parameters and reactions. But the fact that I tested negative, but I have all the symptoms. Well, maybe you you got a shitty test. Well, that's Did you go to the doctor and get tested or was it one of those? No, it wasn't a home kit. Yeah, I did a home kit also, but no, because it was continuing on for a while. You've just got the new unknown zombie variant. Exactly. That's exactly right. The apocalypse has arrived. The four horse people 
being PC. It's oh, so interesting. Yeah, no, no, that no, no, even, no. Just go back and say it. The Four Horsemen. No, no, no. Um, it's interesting that even evil itself has to be PC in this day and age. Well, I'll tell you, evil is a four-letter word for sure. Yeah, and it's PC. It's politically correct. So it's yeah. the four apocalyptic horse people. That's and horse we have to be careful with that because that implies that they are, you know, and horses embodied. But no, no, they're four people riding horses. And yeah. um, one of them identifies as a tree. I thought they were spirits, like horsemen of the apocalypse, like they were ghosts or whatever. But that was last week's. They're demons. Yeah. Demons. Do you know what they are? Uh, Pestilence, plague. Oh, is that the same thing? Yeah, that's the same thing. (laughs) It depends what they identify as today. Earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> yeah, they go through sinning about how you're a shining star, no matter who you are, and then they lop off your head. No, I don't well, know what of the, them the names death. of the four horse people of the apocalypse is. I think it's uh, death, um, pestilence, and disease, war. Okay. Death, pestilence, war, and um, starvation. And Jerry, little Jerry, who drags behind the other three, kind of like not really feeling like she fits in. Jerry identifies as a rag doll. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) With button eyes. Yeah. So we went from PC to so not PC because we're kind of covertly ridiculing people and how they identify. Yeah, especially if they're demons. (laughs) Do you identify as a demon? Um, no. Do you wish you, did you identify as a wannabe demon at one point? Yeah, I think that whole, uh, selling the soul to the devil thing, you know, was sort of like wanting to embody the power of absolute. You were hoping for an upgrade and what you got was a fizzle. Yeah. (laughs) I got a floppy disk instead of a hard on. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's yeah. That's the fifth horse person of the apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> a floppy hard on <laughs> the geek squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we got to be careful because this could turn into Beavis and Butthead pretty quick. That's all right. Have fire! You fire! Have you what? seen the new one? I have not. No. Neither have I. I'm so glad that 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 was our answer. <laughs> hey, I loved Beavis and Butthead in its day. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's great. Wasn't Cher on Beavis and Butthead? Uh, I don't know. I think she was. I don't know. I know that um, they are an icon from the past that didn't need to be reborn, but here we are, and now they've been resurrected. Next thing you know, there'll be a Beavis and Butthead movie with co-starring the Eminem uh, figures. The M&M figures. Oh, man, I was just listening. God darn it. It was some <clears throat> interview, and they were talking about, um, what was that? Um, Team America. Right. And, right. Um, and uh, oh, I know what it was. It was Sean Penn was on Bill Maher's podcast. Oh. Really interesting uh, hangout. 
to sit in on. Yeah. And I, I guess Sean Penn was one of the stars that was officiated in Team America. And Bill was saying, like, you should see the movie. It's very funny. And and he, were, Sean was like, not interested. They they kind of made fun of me and I'm not interested. Is that kind well, of he actually, you know, it's a very interesting guy. I would say that he doesn't mind a little fun poked his way. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, but they were talking about could that movie be made today? Oh, with all the political correctness and stuff. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they'll make something better. It's time. We need we need them to do it again to do that same thing again and poke fun at us. You know, I heard that. Um, um, oh shoot, I just spaced out his name. Who's Young Frankenstein? Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is involved with making another movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, like you know how they made the history of the world. Yes, and so it's the part two to that. Mel Brooks and the history of the world part two. That makes sense because it. That was done in like the 90s. So there's a whole 30 years of history we could explore. Another, right. you know, the Gulf yeah. War, you know. Yeah. The, the the blue dress. Yeah. Yeah. There was the anniversary, 25th anniversary of the blue dress this week. What's the blue dress? Monica Lewinsky. Oh, the famous blue dress. The spillage, as it were. <laughs> you know, if she had just been good at her job. It wouldn't have been, a, nothing would have happened. How, how, I don't follow. Like she was apparently good enough. No, she wasn't. She spilled. <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is there would have been no proof and then therefore they could have been able to sweep it under the rug. There would have been nothing to sweep under the rug. It would have been business as usual. <laughs> Billness as usual. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I just saw, um, you know who David Forster is? I think so. David Foster. uh, Is he the guy that gave us jazz hands? No, no, that was, um, (laughs) I forget his name. David Foster's the famous music producer who was involved with Whitney Houston and just top of the top, Barbara Streisand. I mean, this guy's a powerhouse producer. Yeah, I have heard of him. All right, there's a brilliant uh, documentary about him on Netflix. Oh. And, um, oh, and uh, I know what I was going to say, because uh, former President Clinton is was in the one, documentary. Of, one of the people interviewed about David. And I was just interested of how, like, President Clinton has been able to keep a semblance of... Um, importance in social conversation, you know, like he's still looked up to as a voice of authority and leadership. Huh. You know, it seems to be uh, uh, the residue of being a former president. Yeah. Let's ask uh, former president Trump how that's working out for him. Well, depending on where you're hanging out, it's working great. Well, we'll find out this year, won't we? Well, no, we'll find out next year. <clears throat> no, this year's the vote. Next what year vote? is when the presidential vote. No, dude. It's yeah, t- it it's in 2024. 
No, this is no. That's when the person swore sworn in. No. Nope, wrong. Are Sorry. Sure. All right. Yeah, your your that. illness is affecting your cognitive abilities. It, well, I just may have no idea. All right. Um, yeah, it's true. Next year, twenty twenty four, is an election year. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, while we're waiting, uh, on this day in history in 1948, uh, Mahatma Gandhi was assassinated. Oh, was it? Well, I know today is um, nonviolent day. And and there's a few elements of it. Like one's Mahatma Gandhi and um, Dr. Martin Luther King. Hey, speaking of, you know what I learned the other night? Dr. Martin Luther King had a younger brother who died of a heart attack at 39 years old. Wow. Yeah. And his wife or widow, like it just swears that he was a victim of the system. Like some people say it's the weight, the stress of what his brother was going through in the civil rights. And he of course was involved as well. And just that it was so stressful, his heart gave out. Yeah, it's not hard to 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 believe. Um, it's brutal, man, to lose your brother to stress and a heart attack while you're running the civil rights movement. That's awful. Well, I think the King's uh, family has just faced too much tragedy, on, in my view. I know. And now the latest thing is they have that sculpture to deal with. I don't know what you're talking about there. It's just getting better and better as the, the show sculpture goes in Boston that was just unveiled a few weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Oh my god! I've been really? living under a rock, rehearsing sure for my shows. Wow. Well, let's just say it's a topic of conversation. <laughs> so, what could we say about this topic of conversation? Well, I think uh, what's her name? I forget the comedian's name, but she was guesting on the <laughs> Daily Show. Yeah. And she said, it sure looks a whole lot like Cunnilinus is going on. And I think that's a very accurate description of the. What? Is it like an abstract? (laughs) I guess you could say that. Although once that's in your mind, look it up right now. Look up Boston sculpture, Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm surprised this hasn't hit your radar. Well, like I said, I've been living under a rock studying music. Oh, I see. It's hands. It's weird. Yeah, it is. And uh, as she said, you know, like if you've ever experienced (laughs) being eaten out, it sure is what it looks like. (laughs) Jeez. Wow. Well, she's funny. Too bad we're not nearly as funny as she is. I know, right? Too bad we're not earning a living being funny. Well, we could be. Yeah, we could be all sorts of things. Yeah, that's true. If I could hold back time. (laughs) That was my share impression. Yeah. Just joining us. 
Yeah. Uh, well, so you're perusing the many images of. Yeah, I was going to try to show the audience, but we'll just let them go find it themselves. Yeah, I'm sure most people have it, seen it. To me, it looks like someone who has their head down over their desk. That's what I, I saw when I looked at it. Apparently, it's supposed to be a representation of a photo where he has his, he's hugging his wife. I'm not, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's beautifully confusing. Yes, thank you. Which That's makes for good sculpture because yeah. if it were just another boring statue of him, it also looks like a heart from a certain angle. Yeah. And it also looks like Cunnilanus. I haven't. I don't see that yet. Oh come on! Head down. Maybe I've forgotten clasping. what that looks like. There's someone that's right here, just head down, going crazy. Going crazy. Yeah. Well, perhaps it's just been too long. Perhaps it has. Perhaps that should be changed. Yeah. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Well, in the fun facts file folder, um, on this day in 1969, the Beatles gave their final public performance on the roof of Abbey Road Studios. Oh, really? Yeah. So on the 30th, January 30th. Yep. Wow. So that that documentary that was going around, um, uh, get back that culminates with that. It'd be a good time to go back and watch all 17 hours of it today. Jesus Christ. Celebration. <laughs> hey, um, did you watch the thing with uh, Rick Rubin and uh, Paul McCartney? Yes, I did. I did. Did you watch I, the whole thing? I think so. I, I'm pretty sure I did. I, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I watched most of it. Very interesting. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to sit down with a bunch of old master tapes and talk to Paul McCartney and get paid for it? Like, good God. What no, a fun I did gig. think about that. I thought about how Rick has really created a <laughs> very nice revenue element for him because he has his own podcast where he hangs out with musicians. He has this thing with Paul McCartney that was a special documentary. And I've also seen him guesting on a lot of shows. And Yeah. Well, I've been researching. I actually spent some time this week trying to figure out how we could do things like play songs and talk about various songs that we want to listen to. And I'm getting closer to us being able to do that. But it's it's a complicated issue, man, because... You know, getting the YouTube live thing is one thing, but then having it available on our site to listen to on demand creates a whole nother license. So it's a it's a quagmire. What I did find out, though, is if we wanted to, there's a bunch of uh, sites that have free music that's by people we've never heard of before Hmm. that we could do that with. And it wouldn't it wouldn't require any licensing, but we could like bring a song up and talk about it. And, you know, maybe we make fun of it or maybe we act like, oh, my God, this is cool. Or maybe we're just like next and skip to the next one. So would you be interested in having that kind of musical like show? Maybe we could do a a show like that where we just check out new free music that no one's ever heard before. Yeah. What is it on SoundCloud? Oh, no, we could do that. But um, SoundCloud might have stuff in it. No, this was an actual like. Oh, it's a site devoted to this. To uploading new music, and it's got songs for, you know. Isn't archive.org sort of like that? Like anything that's on archive.org is public domain, right? Um, Well, yes and no. Hmm. 
like there's stuff there that's skirting the edge of will I get caught for having this there or not? Like pirate recordings of concerts? Well, not really pirate, but I think people put stuff up there that the archive.org staff doesn't necessarily know is up there. Because it's, you can upload basically anything you want. Right. You know, so it's kind of like Wikipedia where there's just so much going into it that no one can really police it. Well, they can. They do. They do. Okay. But but they're not geared towards sync licenses like YouTube is, and they don't have bots looking for it. Now, YouTube or, G, or, or Alphabet might have bots that scroll um, – archive.org looking for stuff to tell them to take it down might be there. But anyway, if those of you who don't know quite what we're talking about, archive.org is an amazing resource of free books, free films, free music, video games. You can play some of the great classic video games emulated through your computer, like Fogger and some of these other games. So like, Fogger, oh my God, right. It's amazing what, what archive.org has done. Um, yeah, and it started off um, archiving websites. And I got to say, the Wayback Machine, there's been many a time where I've used that to find lost content from a website. And help people repair their damaged goods. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great service. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know what else I've been doing is I watched this uh, documentary, well, semi-biographical, doc, semi-documentary drama of the making of the Godfather. It's called the offer. Oh yeah. What's that on? Uh, it's on Paramount plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause Paramount owns the Godfather. So that it was really cool gripping and uh, I couldn't put it down kind of thing. So yeah, it was, I was really enjoying that. And uh, some really interesting things that I always thought like they must've had to deal with the mob and yep, there it is. They tell the story of how they had to deal with the mob. And well, yeah, I saw a thing um, where De Niro was in a cafe in New York, I think, across the street. And the the main guy from the family was kitty corner to him. And so they're filming in this little cafe and the mobster guys across the street. And the fact that he like didn't do anything was his blessing to the project. It was Pacino. I think you mean oh, Pacino. Was it Pacino. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's true. That's not in the offer. The, the, that, that scene isn't in the offer that I remember. I would, I think I would have remembered it, but there's plenty of other stuff going on. Like they were definitely involved with dealing with the mob on that picture for sure. Yeah. And as you would expect, it's about the, the mafia. <clears throat> well, yeah. obviously um, Mr. Coppola didn't, there's no way that movie would be done without mob interest. Well, yeah, they tried. Right, the studio Paramount tried really hard to get like to have it not be made in New York and all these other things. So, hmm. yeah, we had an audience for a second. I don't know who it was. Yeah, an audience. <laughs> well, the real audience. Please step up. Please step down. Please. It was from up. Facebook, so maybe Mike. Yeah, it's usually Mike or someone accidentally clicked. Yeah. Oops. I did that this morning. I, I, I butt dialed a client at 6 a.m. Well, fortunately, they're on the East Coast. So, oh, that's good. It was 9 a.m. But I just was like, oh, no, 
Hey, you know what movie just hit Netflix? I really want to watch. What is the new um, Burkus and um, uh, Hill production um, with Eddie Murphy and Julia Lufus Dreyfus Lufus? Oh, I read about that. Is it on? It's on there now. It hit today. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well, it hit um, Friday. Maybe I will watch that. Or maybe I watched it Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm going to see if CP wants to watch. Awesome. Tonight. CP? Yeah. CP. Oh, I know who CP is. Yeah, yeah. CP. Comedy. Yeah, it looks brilliant. It looks really good. Yeah, Jonah I've heard good things. And what's his name? Burkus Dane. What's his first name? <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Eddie's coming out of the closet. He's coming out of the closet. He's got, he needs to go, he needs cash. So he's coming back to work. I heard Jonah Hill. No, Eddie Murphy. Fucking Eddie Murphy doesn't need shit. And he looks so damn good. Just goes to show you good life. Yeah. Yeah. He looks really His latest movie was talking about how they, I guess they did another version of Beverly Hills cop. Like Beverly Hills cop three is coming out. No, four. Four. Yeah. Four. Really? Four. Yeah. So that's, they're working on that. And they, he was saying how he's telling the director, like, okay, I don't do action scenes anymore. Like I'm 60 and the director's all, well, you just have to run down these stairs and jump over that thing and blah, blah, blah. Then we don't need a stuntman for that. And he's like, well, yeah. Okay. And so Eddie says he does it. He, he runs down the stairs and he does a little hop over the railing thing. And he goes, all right, Eddie, that was good. Um, can we do it again a little faster? And he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. He's so good. Nope. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Yeah. What do you think his guarantee is, right? Oh, I mean, my it's not well, as big as it once was, for sure. But he's, is he like a $10 million a picture guy, you think? I bet you I don't have the answer to that. As I think he still pulls. I think Coming to America 2 did great. Um, I think he, you know, he's iconic. I think that having Eddie Murphy in your production is a guarantee of X amount of return. Yeah, it says. Oh, no, I heard movie. they cut him from Cats. Oh, he was in Cats. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Can you <laughs> picture fucking Eddie Murphy doing Cats? Yeah, <laughs> the Calico Cat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shows his net worth on the internet, but it doesn't talk about. Oh, here's one that says that supposedly says what his his monthly or his movie f- fees are. Um, and of course, it's it's. Uh, it's just talking about what his net worth is. It's it's not actually asking. And I would walk five hundred million, and I would walk five hundred million more. And he's probably making a pretty penny. Here's so they're the saying thing. his net worth is two hundred million. Yeah, I'm sure he's doing fine. I kind of know that. Oh, from- here we go. Twenty currently routinely earning twenty million per movie. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, that sounds on point. His movies have grossed six point seven billion at the box office. Yeah, that's going all the way back to like forty eight hours and Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle Doug was a uh, location scout on um forty eight hours. Oh really? Yeah. They shot that in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. The car one of the cars I owned, my first car was a Rambler Rebel. And it's in a shot in that movie. It was parked in one of the street scenes in that movie. All right. Your uncle worked it in. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Not worked it in, but I think it was just like, well, I can park here and work in San Francisco. So I'll just park it here. And the director is like, okay, whatever. Hey, okay. like, it's like, all right, it's a street scene. Um, I think he was glad it wasn't one where they crashed into anything. <laughs> Did you see that movie with him um, where they're, uh, Alan Alda played the bad guy and he's got this penthouse suite in this hotel like thing and he stole all this money and Eddie Murphy and um, who's the Zoolander guy? Ben Stiller, um, Ferris Bueller guy. What's his name? It was a pretty solid cast, and it was it was fun. It was a good movie. Tower Heist. There you go. Tower Heist. Yeah, I did see that where they they the the car is way the hell up there, and they try to steal yeah. the car. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. That was a good fun movie. Yeah, as I recall, that was sort of Eddie coming out of retirement or semi retirement. Yeah, in two thousand eleven. 11 years ago. There you go. No, yeah. 12 years ago. Right. 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, do you think we could get Eddie uh, Murphy on this podcast? Yeah. Him and Dave Chappelle together. That, oh my God. That would be the coup of the century. Yeah, we would just shut up and let them do what they do. <laughs> no, man, you know me, I'd be getting in there and asking them how their relationships were and if they needed coaching. <laughs> it's a hard life. <laughs> Apparently also um in 1977 Roots the TV miniseries debuted on on this day in really? 1977. I remember that was such a big deal when that What came a game out. changer, right? Yeah. yeah, that was a big conversation. It also, you know, it gave us new insults. Um, that just reminded me, I don't know why, because I don't know that Ben Vereen was really in that movie, but the David Foster documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. This is a, um, what do you call it? Uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, so at one point he's driving his car in the Hills and he hit Ben Vereen and almost killed him. Um, I won't tell you the whole story because there's some intricacies to it all that are really fascinating. However, he's fucking worried. He's going to go to jail. He killed this guy, you know, he's just, and he gets this call from Ben Vereen from the hospital. And Ben says, well, Dave, I may be your greatest hit yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. 
That is funny. And then David says he knew like Ben was going to be okay. Right. And up till that point, he was worried about he's going to end up giving him every penny he'd ever earned or something. Well, he just felt like, yeah, he was feeling very guilty. But there's an interesting twist to that story, which is very zen in, you know, that which you may think is horrible may not be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fascinating documentary. Like, what a fascinating... Do you know the title of it? I think it's called David Foster, I don't know, colon something. Colon, inner colon. David Foster's colon? David Foster's colon, or how I got the shit kicked. (laughs) Um, I... (laughs) It's a, it's on Netflix. It's very, there's so many great music. Off the record. That sounds right. Yeah. Is it David 20, Foster 22, off the record. 2020, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. There's this other brilliant part where he talks about it. He, his first album he showed to Quincy Jones that taught him a valuable lesson about quality of work. And? And you better watch the documentary to learn that. Oh, lesson. spoiler alert. Yeah, no spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, this is what it was like back in the beginning of our podcast days where we yeah. just we came on and we didn't have a guest. We didn't have a theme. We just kind of were like talking about it. And um, we had a horrible like name for our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cracking good name. <laughs> release the kraken <laughs> yeah exactly uh, that was a good lesson that was a good lesson in listening and um yeah. reacting appropriately right yeah hey, by would... the way i um was talking with uh, one of the women who heads the racial justice task force that I'm on. Yeah. And I told her about my experience with uh, heal thyself and remember Institute. And she said she was going to check it out. Beautiful. Yeah, she is. I hope that something comes from that because they're both very powerful. Well-educated human beings. Yeah. Yeah. They are not the four horse people of the apocalypse. Speaking of, I met with uh, Dr. Farr, who's the principal of Tamalpais High School. Um, was it yesterday? It was. No, a few wow. days ago. Depends when you're listening to this. It could have been years ago. Anyway, about <laughs> <laughs> creating a racial justice page, racial equity page on the Tamalpais High School website. Wow. And... Um, what I loved about meeting with him is he reminded me that any efforts need to be about love and moving humanity forward. And that if people are believing they're losing something, they get defensive. And then the energy of the thing starts dissipating and falling apart. That by coming from a place of love and that this is for the greater good of humanity, then it grows and it's inclusive. And I was like, it's such a good reminder for the rebel in me because the rebel in me is like, just like, fuck you. It's very caustic kind of destructive. Right. There. Yeah. Right. Right. 
but the greater good is about love, compassion. Right. Calling in instead of calling out. That's right. Totally. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, my phone was ringing. Wow. It's wild. Who was it? I don't know. I was like, well, the should president. we answer it on the show? And then I'm like, no, I don't know who this is. <laughs> the president of the United States of America. It's your dime. Oh, he answered the phone. Hello. And it's marketing. Marketing uh, really for Mark. Time. Can you call back? Marketing for Mark. Thank you. It was marketing for Mark. It was. That could be a reality show. Marketing for Mark. Marketing Mark, Mark, Mark. Hey, you know, we're getting this series of emails that you signed us up for where someone's like, podcast growth, podcast growth. And I finally yesterday clicked on one of the links. It was a, supposed to be a Google Doc. It was a dead link. So did you unsubscribe? No, because you subscribed us. So I didn't want to just do that. Well, I'll go in there and I'll I'll look at the the uh, thing. But this should be part of our production meeting, not part of the actual podcast. Well, I just thought you know you're trying to this sell is how we business sh- and you have a dead link. You know, like oh, you know, we, yeah, you know, and I have the yeah. whole marketing language automation gone bad. Exactly, we're sending like, stuff wow. out that doesn't lead to anywhere. That's that's even worse than not sending anything at all. Hmm. That's exactly so. It's like, oh, I'm going to trust you because yeah. you're a dink. You're a stinky dink. A stinky dink, Mr. Flank. Exactly. In the pink with your wank. Yeah, wanking. Wanking yeah. and janking. Oh, right. man. Have you ever heard um, Lil Wayne's um, That's How the Beat Builds? No. I am obsessed with that song. Oh my God, it's so good. And, you know, it's interesting. I started listening to him again and I heard on an interview, like he doesn't write anything down. He just has it all in memory. And I was like, God, what a genius. What a fucking mind. What's the name of the artist again? Lil Wayne. Wheezy. But I think uh, it's Lil Wayne 5. Carter. Yeah. Let the beat build. Is that what it is? Let the beat yeah. build. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was how the beat build. What? No, hold on a second here. Are you sure about that? I'm looking right at it. Oh, you're right. Let the beat build. There it is. Go ahead and play it. What the hell? We'll get kicked off. Now, are you hearing it? Ah, forget it. I can't hear anything, Mr. Went. Mr. Went. Mr. Went. Yes. So are you listening to it? It's a great song. Yeah, I put the mic on it, too. That didn't come through at all. It's a very good noise-canceling mic you got there. Apparently. Yeah. We're probably still live then on on YouTube. (laughs) We haven't been shut off yet. Yeah. No. 
Well, this is why we got to get going on the licensing so we can play records and actually talk about them. And I'm pretty sure our audience would love it. And I know we would have a blast. Yeah. Right. And um, today I would, the record I would play would be a uh, Janis Joplin record. That's what I would want to talk about. Really? The whole record? No, a record called Trust Me. The, that's the name of the record? Yep. Or yeah. that's a single. Well, it's the name of the song that I'd want to play on wow. the record. I don't know what record it's on. Pearl. Yeah, you're right. It's on Pearl. That was the only album she released as a solo person, right? She died after that. Oh, it was Big Brother before that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we didn't get to play this little Wayne thing because, of course, it's explicit advisory lyrics, so we definitely would have gotten in trouble if I played it. Uh, Why well, we say f- we say explicit things? <clears throat> That's true. We do, huh? Yeah. Wow. I know. I always wonder if we should. Um, oh, thanks, Mark. You monkey Whoops. dog. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, I just took over everything. Whoops. My bad. <laughs> What does this button do? No, don't push that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from Yellow Submarine. Yeah. No. Oh my God, my mom loved that scene from Yellow Submarine because it just reminded her of me. <laughs> tell everybody. Oh yeah, my son's a natural born lever pusher. Well, let's get together, you and I, and watch Yellow Submarine. All right. Have you seen it? Well, yeah, but it's been like thirty years. We should probably take some hallucinogenics. Oh, Lord. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me some yellow submarines? Okay, that's a little um, derogatory. What? <laughs> Talking about Chinese penises? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, there goes our license. Our PC license just walked out the door. I will not. I won't make tacos out of them either. Okay. <laughs> Harry Tacos. What the mother Jesus is going on? <laughs> we have some serious taco issues on this show. Yes. Talking tacos. <laughs> yeah. Now there we go. Every every uh you know, every spring we do like a taco special. Yeah. Speaking of which, I went to this really great place called Palatinos in uh, San Francisco. Great Mexican food. Really, really good. Where is it? Um, down by the Civic Center. Down by the Civic Center. I don't know what street it's on. A homeless play. God. I had some tacos. On a winter's day. <laughs> They were quite tasty and fairly cheap. And a little bit of cilantro is now stuck in my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) We are more entertaining than a bucket of rusty nails. Yeah. Amen to that. Half is useless. Although I think a bucket of rusty nails was used on the Ideal Husbands album. What? You know, the Ideal Husbands? Yeah. I think they used a bucket of rusty nails as uh, one of the sound sounds. effects or something. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, that was what we should get those guys together and interview them. Never happen. One of them will implode. Which one? The one that lives in Marin. Well, there's two that live in Marin. Well, I think of the ideal husbands as two people, really. Neil and Peter. Yeah. Okay. So... The one that lives in Marin wouldn't is not interviewable. He's just not available yeah, for that. Just just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like no way. That's too bad because he's so uh, fun. I know. I've tried to have him on live with Greg twice, maybe even three times. And did he agree? And then finally, and then when he gets oh, yeah. close to doing it, he just bails. No, I just like no. We're sitting down ready to tape, and it just implodes. He what? He doesn't say anything, or right. Just, just he just sits there. The madness and chaos. Well, but that would be exciting. Wow. But you wouldn't. So you have some tapes of him with madness and and chaos, but you didn't deem them airworthy. No, they weren't. Like you know, because whoever a, the guest is, they have the green light. Oh right, I remember when I appeared. You were like, if you don't want to show it, I won't show it. And then they say no, and you're done. Right. Exactly. Got it. But so you do have two some interviews with him. Well, not I didn't save them, and and they they never made it to interview. They never made it to a conversation. It was like, you know, I think one of them he pulled his jacket up over his head and mumbled something that was totally incoherent. <laughs> incoherent, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and after like ten seconds of that, he was like, "No, don't just turn it off. Turn it off." Wow. It's so interesting to, as someone who, you know, loves attention and loves the sound of my own voice to be in that position, to imagine yeah. not wanting that at all. And what's fascinating is that um, this individual is an artist that would like to be recognized. But I think this individual will just have to be recognized for the artwork that appears out in the world. Yeah. And, and both are brilliant artists, both Peter and Neil are brilliant yeah. artists. Yeah. Neil. In oof. fact, that's one of, uh, Peter and the ideal husbands is a right great there. record. Yeah. I yeah. love ideal husbands. Yeah. I love that. album. I think that's a fantastic album. Yeah, for sure. It never made it to vinyl, which was a shame, but made it to CD though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's the author's name that it was based on the, the, what's that a, a, a reference to? Do you remember? Was it Emerson? I'm, no, I'm guessing Dickens, but that's a guess. Uh, of course it doesn't come up. Have you ever listened or read any of Dickens' um, books besides Christmas Carol? I haven't read that one either. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got this great book he wrote that was his experience in the United States, and he goes hard about slavery. Yeah. Oscar Wilde. Oh, really? That's Ideal Husbands, Oscar Wilde. All right. Yeah, that's definitely of the vintage those two appreciate. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
Um, one of them has a birthday that arrives on Edgar Allan. <laughs> it's the same day as Edgar Allan Poe's birthday. And there was this fantastic birthday party in West Marin years ago, now decades ago. And the theme was Edgar Allan Poe. And you had to bring uh, something of Poe's to read. There was about, I think, eight of us, ten of us. This fantastic feast. Honey mead was served. And this West Marin cabin out in the woods, you know, all candlelight and fireplace. And it was amazing. That it was sounds amazing. like a blast. It was a blast. That's what it was. Yeah. So it turns out an ideal husband is a play by Oscar Wilde. Okay. And so um, it, it, that's why it came up as a movie. Cause they probably made it into a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the first thing that Google gave me was a bunch of old movies. I'm like, well, no. Yeah. And, um, it's, what's it's, the plot? Um, I don't have a synopsis in front of me, but I can, I can read you the, um, the intro. The Octagon Room at Sir Robert Chiltern's house in Grosvenor Square. The room is brilliantly lighted and full of guests. At the top of the the staircase stands Lady Chiltern, a woman of grave Greek beauty, about 27 years of age. She receives the guests as they come up. Over the well of the staircase hangs a great chandelier with wax lights, which illumine the large 18th century French tapestry, representing the triumph of love from a design by Boucher that is stretched on the staircase wall. On the right is the entrance to the music room. The sound of a string quartet is faintly heard. The entrance on the left leads to the other reception rooms. Miss Marchmont and Lady Besseldon, two very pretty women, are seated together on the Louise C's sofa. They are types of exquisite fragility. Their affection of manner has a delicate charm. Watu would have loved to have painted them. Hmm. Sounds like a good role for Catherine Hepburn. Recording stopped. <laughs>